So, John, what skill of yours would you use to escape the Nazis? Hmm. Sexual wiles? Is that a skill you have? I like to think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. In, in, in a pinch. Okay, uh, how, how would that work then? I mean, do you want me to draw you a picture? <laughs> <laughs> would you go around seducing Nazis, getting them? Uh, I think you could, you'd have to identify the right Nazi. You don't want to seduce any Nazi, but yeah. yeah. You make a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I could see you doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to know the situation in which you get captured by Nazis, though. Yeah, yeah I don't think mine would be like a feel-good movie starring Sylvester Stallone. No, I probably wouldn't have a very, very happy ending. No. <laughs> well, for somebody I would. <laughs> <laughs> everybody to Beyond the Boxer, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels and spin-offs to Escape to Victory. We'll also be picturing some drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the submissions that they've had. And first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the film with a bit of a plot summary. So I'm Harry, the host with the most football games fallen asleep in front of. <laughs> I'm joined today by Aunt McGinley, the guest with the best football skills. One would assume. One, one would assume. <laughs> It's not and, a high bar. <laughs> and not by this film no. standards. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> and joining me as always, the host who couldn't score an own goal, even if he tried really hard, is John Lucas. How do you know? You've never played football with me in your life. I'm um, brilliant. I'm taking a punt. Uh, I, I happen to be an amazing striker. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a term. There thing, we go. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well okay. done. Well Thank done. you, yeah. Um, so, Ant, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, Ant. Chapstick Lucas Aid, hello. Thank you. Oh, you're listening. <laughs> Someone's done his research. <laughs> How does it feel now that somebody else used it unprompted? Um, it takes me right back to high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't a good memory then? Not great, no. Oh, okay. No. All right. Uh, but yes, Ant is joining us from, uh, well, from Pods Up North, the, yeah. where you can tell us a little bit about that, and also from your own football podcast uh, on the left side. Yeah. Uh, so Pods Up North is where we met. Mm-hmm. It's uh, an event that we put on in November 2019. There's another one coming in 2020. And we just wanted to shine a light on and celebrate great podcasts that we've been made in the UK outside of London because mm-hmm. most of the podcasting get-togethers and events tend to happen in London and there's lots of great stuff that happens there. I used to live there myself, not being derogatory towards them, it was more looking at what's around and also recognising that there are people like yourselves that are making great content, doing great things, plugging away, you've just done 150 episodes, 151, yeah. congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah. Uh, which, which is an amazing thing, to, so you must have been going for three mm-hmm. years? Yeah, yeah. we started in early 2017, didn't we? We, yeah, we launched right. early 2017. Yeah. So. And considering that most people, like the, the figure that gets thrown around a lot, you get pod fade after seven episodes. Oh yeah. Mm. So and, and the amazing thing will be just, you won't fully even be aware of the skills that you've developed and the things that you've learned until you take a break from it and look back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just from that consistency of putting those things out. Plus as well, you've built an audience of people, you've engaged with them. And this is why we've invited Ants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice could just not talk about films. And just, just keep them massaging. <laughs> yeah, keep... No, but it, it is. And the, the thing is, it, it's 
to, to put a podcast together, it's like a relationship. And obviously, there's a relationship between you guys because you have to commit to seeing each other every week for a few hours oh, it's to been do a this. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but you, you do have to put the work in, like mm. any relationship, and, and build it. And I think the issue is, is that it's quite an isolated thing because we're, we're here in your apartment recording this here. Mm. Nobody really knows where you are, what you're doing. Yeah. Although, interestingly enough, when I put into ways on the sat nav to get here, mm-hmm. I put the address in, and it just came up beyond the box set. Oh yes, yeah. I, I was, yeah. <laughs> you put us on Google. Yeah, we're Google Business. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, although potentially dangerous, if anybody wants to steal your That's microphone true, yeah. equipment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if if you did want it, if you're a mad psychopathic fan of the show and very, you want to be very in, easy to stalk yeah. yeah yeah just you just need to get up to the sixth floor climb up the balconies on the outside and, I mean the front uh, door's often like there's somebody coming out so yeah. you can just I mean I do have to live here guys let's, let's, <laughs> let's tone this down with the specifics you know. <laughs> you're so, the one who put it on Google that's true. I thought it helped the SEO I don't know <laughs> well it, it worked it, well, it made it easier for me you, to yeah. find it so that was that was good <laughs> so from a guest point of view it's great thank you but there's, there's lots of people like yourselves that are, are doing podcasts and it can be quite a, an isolated thing. You're in a little bit of a bubble, and we just wanted to bring all these people together. And to be honest, we I, I hadn't even come across your podcast mm-hmm. until Pods Up North, and we met on the on the first evening of that. Uh, at a very enjoyable dinner where we a couple of us went out for a meal. We talked about it. You, you told me what the show was instantly. I got it, and I loved the idea before I'd even heard an episode of it. And yours was one of well, must have been 15 16 17 shows that i found out about and had that reaction to mm. and it was great for in terms of finding new stuff meeting new people and also I, I don't know about yourselves but for me i certainly found it invigorating and revitalizing in terms of making podcasts making content finding ideas mm. and so anybody that's interested in podcasting whether as a as a listener as a creator or wants to get involved and, and get get more uh, come and come and find out about us November 20th 21st in Manchester it's a long way ahead mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that does mean you can get the early bird tickets right now so you can get both days for a great price Excellent. Where, where can people find you podsupnorth.com or follow us on social at podsupnorth brilliant stuff mm-hmm. yeah, there's the pitch done alright <laughs> tell t- t- us just quickly about your podcast just because that gives context to this film yes yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I, I do a couple of different podcasts but one of the main ones I do is called On the Left Side which is a really bad name for a podcast in terms of what it does because everyone says, oh, is it about Jeremy Corbyn? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although weirdly, actually, we have found, when I listen back to it now... You should get him as a guest. <laughs> He's got a lot of free time now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too hey, soon, sorry. I mean, I, I wonder how he, how he does at f- football compared to, to yourselves. Although, mm. having said that, actually, he is a big Arsenal supporter. So oh, uh, he go. probably understands the game much better mm. than he does the people of the yeah. UK. Um <laughs> Yeah, so On the Left Side is a, a, a football show that I make with Jim Salverson. Jim has to take a lot of the credit for this. It was his idea initially. I, I've been friends with Jim for 20, 25 years, nearly now. He had this idea. The best way I can compare it to is if you've ever enjoyed the likes of Charlie Brooker or mm-hmm. Trevor Noah or On the Daily Show or John Oliver last week tonight, mm-hmm. that kind of thing that they do, Charlie Brooker with TV, the others with politics and the news, it's a very similar approach that we do with football. Mm-hmm. And some of the nicest compliments that we've had really has been people that say, I don't really like football, but I really enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's 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 a really cool thing. So we, we use football as a launch pad for silliness. So mm-hmm. we'll tell jokes, we'll make fun of, nothing sacred. 
we swear quite a lot on it. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, the really weird thing was we we would bleep at the beginning, and then we were like, well, actually, we don't have to bleep because it's not p- controlled and censored, and you can put stuff out there, so we, we won't bleep it. And then we'd have this thing where we would bleep the S word, but not the C word, <laughs> in the same episode. Yeah. <laughs> Inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, and then it was just, and that became part of the fun. And also as well, we do things like we we break the fourth wall, and again, an- another great compliment that we've had, which uh, I, I take from my, my production, is people say, it just sounds very easy, it sounds like very effortless. And then occasionally somebody goes, my God, that must take you hours to make. Mm. <laughs> um, and so we have fun, like we break the fourth wall all the time, you know, we suddenly sort of turn around, make it sound like it's it's being recorded somewhere that it isn't or all those things. And yeah, it, it, it's silly, it's funny, it's 10 minutes at tops. I mean, occasionally we'll do a, 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 a special episode, but it is basically Jim having a rant about football, which mostly has involved complaining about VAR and racists this year's season. Brilliant. So, yeah, so if you love racism, come check out the show. <laughs> what a great plug. <laughs> okay, so getting on topic then, Escape to Victory. Yes. Today's film. Why have you chosen this one? So, just just to clarify as well, this was also called Victory. Yes. In America. In yes. America. So, so there may cause confusion and if, you, if you're looking at possibly from some streaming services as well, you may not find it, but mm. it's the same film. So, this was a 1981 film, mm-hmm. and what was interesting about it was it was a film that used to be on TV a lot at Christmas, and growing up, so as a child of, I mean, I, I really got into football at the end of the 80s. Uh, that's when I first started get, taking an interest in football. The World Cup in 1990, for many people, was, mm. I think, when they woke up to it. And that was when football was going through a change mm. to what it is now. And in many ways, this film kind of predicts what football would become Mm -hmm. because you have this international mix in in the teams of the likes of Pele and um, a a lot of great players of the time, Mike Summerby, and people that had actually retired and just taken a little dip into acting. And that kind of heralded the mix that you have in the Premier League of all these people coming over. Also, the crossover with Hollywood, so you've Mm -hmm. got a lot of... Uh, I mean, it actually, it's gone the other way now. You've had the likes of uh, Vinnie Jones that sure. started off as a footballer and then become an actor. And also, uh, the, the, there's just a lot of silliness in this film in some ways in terms of... Well, when we get into it... As non-football fans ourselves, I, I may surprise you to look at us, but neither of us are particularly sporty people. No. But um, yeah, well, I have, I have questions. Yeah. I mean, I mean, have the, to, I have definite questions. The, the, first question, the first question has to be the title. Yeah, what does it mean? So the title is Escape to Victory. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so plot spoiler here, right? Yeah. They don't win. No. <laughs> they don't win. Yeah. Right? And also, throughout the film, they seem to want to do anything except escape. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, which is, is ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, I think that was kind of largely overlooked because when this film came out and when it was on TV, mm. you didn't get a lot of football on TV. I mean, right now, football's wall-to-wall. It's on a- almost every channel in some some form or other. Mm. It was even on Amazon most recently mm, as yeah. well. And but back then you would occasionally get the big match on TV, mm. maybe some FA Cup, but that would be it. And you weren't always guaranteed that you would get the World Cup on mm. free to air, those kinds of things. And so, uh, if you were a football fan, anything that was football, 
you loved and you looked mm. in. And also, like, because you didn't have YouTube and those kinds of resources that you could go back and look at things, there was no way you could go back and watch old games that the likes of Pelly had played in. Mm-hmm. So be able to see something with these players. And then also this kind of fantasy almost like a video game of like, what if I had Pele in my team? Mm. What if I had the Ipswich team of the 1980s oh, playing so it's as like well? fantasy football in a yeah. movie, yeah. Okay. And then obviously mixed in with, and Michael Caine as a holding <laughs> midfielder. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. Th- th- this was, the, I think, the most unbelievable part of the film for me. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there are many unbelievable parts oh, yeah. of the film. This this was the high point for me, I think. Michael Caine could... Play football against the Germans and and like he did seem somewhat too old for the role at this point. Like he he must have been like forty six, forty seven when he made this film. Forty eight. I looked at yeah. The 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 bit that sums it up most of all is, I think Michael Caine is probably on a par with you in mm. terms of his knowledge about football. Sure. Even <laughs> at the time at which he makes this film, and that summed up best where yeah, I think, Michael Caine. I, I I think I think there's a few points in this film where the dialogue's fairly ad libbed. Mm-hmm. At half time, the players come off the pitch, and this is towards the end of the film. Sure. But they're falling down against the Germans. Mm-hmm. Germans are walking over, they're kicking them all over the park. Pele, their best player, has been taken off with what looks like a broken rib. Mm-hmm. And so they're down to 10 men. It's not looking good. But they get a goal back just before half time, and they come into the changing rooms. Now, Pele's lying injured on the bench with one of the other substitutes, mm-hmm. trying to wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Michael Kane comes in with the rest of and goes, we scored a goal. <laughs> yeah. And then says that eight times. <laughs> his dialogue. <laughs> and it's just like, he, he, he doesn't understand anything else about football or tactics or whatever. There's no complaints about the referee. There's no real consideration about, if you think about an actor going into this situation right now, you kind of go, you know, I am here a prisoner of war mm. by a regime that we all know is up to no good. And, mm. and the, the, there are nods towards that in, in the film as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm in mortal danger here. <laughs> I am in real mortal danger. Now, the, the, the interesting thing about this film is it's based on a book, mm. which was based on a story about a Ukrainian team, mm-hmm. which is kind of coated in myth. They've looked into the facts of this, and there are some truths in it. Mm. But the I think the book was called Two Halves of Hell, mm. I think. And it's about basically the... The, the Nazis invade Ukraine mm-hmm. and they take this Ukrainian team on and the, as a demonstration and they'll say basically we're going to beat you mm-hmm. and as a as a demonstration match for propaganda and you let us beat you show that we're the best and then we'll let you live out the war in Switzerland as free men mm-hmm. or if you don't let us beat you we're going to shoot you mm-hmm. and the team kind of go well we're not having that and they score like 11 goals against them <laughs> and so the second half is a slightly different tactic by the Nazis and they come out with machine guns and just gun them all down that would have been a very different movie <laughs> yeah um, and actually the, there have been versions of this film made around the world I think okay. there's one in Russia as well uh-huh. about this uh, based on this story the actual story itself goes back and it's not quite the way it was mm-hmm. it was a series of games from what people can tell again to demonstrate the Aryan superiority mm-hmm. and after several games of being beaten, the Nazis just kind of had enough and executed several of the players. Mm. 
Um, so there is there is a grain of truth in it. However, that darkness is very much removed from this film. It is. It, I noticed it really because, is. I mean, this is probably good. Sorry, it's probably a good way to lead into the plot summary because I noticed that the opening scene is quite dark. It has oh, this yeah. quite dark cold open where you see a soldier trying to escape and then he gets gunned down in the barbed wire. I mean, it is very of its time. It's not particularly gritty in terms of how he died. I think he just like throws his hands up and you know. But <laughs> nevertheless, like it suggests a darker film than what you're going to watch because after that. There's really no sense of peril, really, to compare. Well, Nobody does die. I was comparing some of the the, the the scenes in the first half of the movie where they're imprisoned, mm-hmm. and they have a lot more rights than, for example, the characters of Oranges and New Black have. Maybe that's just a damning like, indictment like, to the American justice system. Well, uh, sure, maybe, but yeah. like they're in a minimum security present-day prison. Sure. And this is in a war prison. Yeah. Like in Nazi Germany or whichever country they mm. were in at the time, but Nazis occupied whatever. Mm. They had a lot of freedom and they were treated very well, even before they they became a football team. It it is more Butlin's camp yeah. Than, yeah. than prison camp, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, it really is. And but then, like, just, training to be a soldier was probably harder than that. Yeah. Well, at the, at the beginning, as you say, like I I watched it again and forgotten that opening. That hard opening is is very harsh and yeah. all right the acting maybe isn't isn't great but what happens is the the guys trying to escape between the searchlights and it's very even the music feels kind of like the the great escape and so this this film came after that other famous film mm-hmm. where they use gymnastics to escape and they've obviously modeled it a little bit on that as well and the the soldier the, the prisoner is trying to escape you've got the camp guards walking around with the alsatian dogs and you've got the lights going around he pulls out these wire cutters mm. which are really big mm-hmm. right and I said that's the first thing that you think okay well obviously somebody's smuggled done a good job smuggling yeah, these yeah. in to get there and then he manages to get through the fence with just about four snips mm. so okay but still and then he gets out and then he gets caught in the barbed wire as he tries to run because the dog bark spots him yeah and then he holds his hands up because he's caught he can't go anywhere with the mm. barbed wire the lights are on him and then the two Nazi guards open up with their machine guns and gun him down. Mm-hmm. And that's quite, that is, pretty it's brutal, very Tarantino yeah. almost in yeah. that respect. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it, it's very brutal, it's very harsh. But then, you go into this world, where it's all very civilised. It goes to this very triumphalist kind of in British, like, the, the, the score was incredibly, I did keep thinking, obviously there are huge comparison points to The Great Escape, but the score really made me, I thought at any moment it was going to go into that, do 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 Yeah, all the way through, it's the first two notes. so close, yeah. But you know who the composer was? Yeah, it's Bill Conti who did Rocky, right? Yeah, and this is between doing Rocky 2 and Rocky 3 for Sylvester Stallone, and just before the first round. So Stallone, in, um, we'll, we'll meet him shortly yeah. but he, he's in fine form so obviously mm-hmm. that's come over so there's a big big machine with that mm-hmm. yeah but it, it very quickly descends into oh it's it, there was a feeling more that the relationship is less prisoners and prison and captors mm. and more teachers and students yeah a little bit and, yeah. and the way they, they, they it's almost like a, a boarding school and there's a bit where at the beginning where the initial idea sowed of playing football, mm. um, Max von Sydow, uh, mm-hmm. who plays the German commandant, mm-hmm. he recognises uh, Jack Colby, who mm-hmm. is Michael Caine's character, who played for England, was possibly England captain, I think, from this. Mm-hmm. And he puts forward the idea. But that conversation is done very much like, ah, oh, Smithers, <laughs> you're quite handy with the ball. How do you fancy a game against the staff? <laughs> yeah. I, kept, I couldn't really, maybe this is me, I couldn't figure out what was in it for the Germans initially, so no, I understand. It's a, I understand it's a propaganda thing, but it just seemed like a strange, like 
the amount of effort they went to, it seemed like a strange thing to organise just for a bit of propaganda. Because like. the way you put it, Ant, just then, it, it really does feel like it was just a, hey, fancy a game sometime. And then all of a sudden it's like, let's get the biggest stadium in Paris. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it really escalates. Yeah. yeah. And they, they take it, they do take it to some extremes. And the, the interesting thing about it as well is that the organisation that is there, obviously behind that game is a lot from the, from the Nazis, but also the organisation that they have within the camp amongst the prisoners themselves. And so the, the first real dialogue that they have in the film yeah. is where you see it opens with what I thought was quite clever imagery of what looks like St. George's Cross. Mm, yes. But it's actually the symbol of the Red Cross oh, yeah. coming mm-hmm. to, to an investigate the death of one of the prisoners at the camp. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry, but if that was happening throughout the war, <laughs> yeah. right, lots of other things would have come to light a yeah. lot sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But then it, it's almost like they come in and, and the, the Germans are almost quite apologetic. So, like, yeah. they're talking about saying, oh, well, it was... I mean, the, again, cliche, this is possibly one for the, the drinking game, but the, the chief commandant of the camp has an eye patch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he says, oh, it was an accident. Yeah. It was an accident that that man died. Shot to death. Yes, yeah. by two different machine guns. <laughs> yeah. um, but then they have they, they introduce the independent observer to the ranking officer amongst the prisoners, mm. and, which, which seemed bizarre to me. Like within this prison, they have an actual war room where they're planning escapes. <laughs> yeah, they and, they have things on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> they introduce him. the The commandant introduces him to the independent observer and says, "And this is." This is Sherlock. He's in charge of the. He's the head of the escapes committee. Yeah, and it's like surely if you've got any kind of common sense at all, and you're running a, a prison camp, you take that guy out and you shut that that thing down. Yeah, or you bug it, or you're aware of everything they're you, doing. You just don't let them organise themselves. Yeah, no, don't let them have rank. No, it's. Uh, I feel like I do a much better job. I feel like you're now realising you would make a very good Nazi prison guard. I think, yeah. I think, I, Maybe not the Nazi bit, but okay. uh, yeah, the prison guard bit. You see, the, the thing is that you, there's the ingredients here in terms of the, like, some of the, the, the parts that have gone into the film of a great film here, because we're already, we've already talked about the score, Bill Conti. Yeah. You know, like, one of the most famous scores with Rocky. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's doing the music. John Huston, mm-hmm. like, legendary director. Then you look at the cast. I mean, the opening credits, only only credits for them, just the, the style that it was at the time. But you have... Sylvester Stallone, yes. right? And as you said, in between Rocky Two, Rocky Three, and Rambo, mm-hmm. uh, he's huge at the time. Come from nowhere, Peaky massive star. Yeah, mm-hmm. Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. The film just before he wins was it a BAFTA for Educating Rita? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, then Max von Sydow, mm-hmm. who most people would have seen recently in The Force Awakens at the beginning. He has a small part in that. All, all about two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but at this time he was huge. I mean, he. This was in between playing Ming the Merciless in Flash Gordon, (laughs) uh, a cultural misappropriation, arguably. And uh, also he was the king in in Conan the Barbarian. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Pele in between playing for New York Cosmos, having a kidney removed, and being an international goodwill ambassador for Viagra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's the kind of the the bits in the agreement. And it seems like they they put all the eggs in those baskets and Mm. just didn't think about a script. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm. With that in mind, do you yeah. think this film works? Like, obviously, you brought it as like an interesting. But do, do, do you think as a as a film it it holds up? No, the, no. <laughs> like, not at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm so glad because <laughs> I've got some things to say about this when we get I mean, to the I'd last. Ag- I would agree with you. I would agree with you. It definitely, it, there's a lot of issues with it, but I I found it 
quite enjoyable as like an escapist fantasy. Like I didn't think it was like a bad movie. Like you know, there are moments in it mm. which are incredibly powerful. Yeah, like, yeah, there is the the last few minutes of the film when it comes down to the infamous penalty. Yeah, there was pure silence mm. for about forty seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a bold move in a film, mm-hmm. and especially when you're looking at you know a stadium of thousands of people as well in the scene and just. But it, it's so very dramatic. Mm. You've got the overhead kick from Pele, which is sure, shot from yeah. multiple angles. Interesting story about that as well. The, 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 if you if you watch the different angles from it, yeah. they they basically went, okay, let's shall we try and do this? That would look that'd be quite a good way to do it. And they uh, they only had one camera rolling oh. was doing, and somebody was in the way, oh, and so kind oh. of like so, so they went, okay, do it again. And it wasn't as good as the first time. Do it again, do it, and they did it about five, and they ended up using most of the stuff they got from oh, the first okay. take. Where'd you learn to do that? When I was a boy. In Trinidad. On the streets with the oranges. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? So yeah, so I guess we're, so they, they get instructors to play this match, and that's where we got to. So they're at this camp. Michael yeah. Caine's this West Ham, was he playing? Yeah, he used to play for West Ham in sure. England. And Max von Sydow... Uh, is the one of the generals at the camp mm. and he'd played one game for Germany as an international before the war broke right. out and so we think the film's set in about 1942 sure so you've so got a lot of people that I used to play yeah oh, they so, should, that's they, 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 he should have been on the team then so he, well he, he recognises what's going on but possibly because of his rank or there's better players yeah and it, it does reflect what, what happened in, in a lot of sports during war times is that the leagues were suspended things were stopped obviously there's a, another great film you've got uh, A League of Their Own oh, yeah. which is based on the fact that the uh, the baseball in America was suspended because all the men had gone off to fight in the war mm, yeah. and so they set up the women's league to, 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 to do this so funny enough we've just been talking about shirts you basically see what is a kit negotiation deal going on <laughs> with Michael Caine and Max because oh, yeah, he says like you know and also the first time that I'm aware of of really think about nutrition in terms of sport. Yeah. Because he said, well, we can play, but look at them. They're not going to be able to run 90 minutes. We're in a prison camp. Yeah. And he says, so I want meat, I want eggs, I want all these things. <laughs> when, when, when he said this, I thought there was going to be a few more scenes of like, hey guys, let's have a feast. Like, let's eat all this food and, you know, just big, I don't know, team building moments where they're all sat around at dinner table eating together. And then maybe they like steal bits of this fancy food they've been given and share that with the other prisoners. Not so much, That's, no. that's what I was <laughs> expecting. I was expecting like the whole yeah. prison kind of well, benefits from this. Th- there is also a, a, another moment in this where Michael Caine presents a list and he says, I'm pretty sure you'll have these players in camps. Mm. And mm. the film kind of doesn't fully address it but skirts or, but sort of highlights it in a, in a subtle way mm. and basically he gives the names of a list of Eastern European players mm. which we assume were of Jewish in, descent yes right? mm. or possibly other, others that the Nazi regime decided to that, that didn't exist and actually that's a line they say in the film yeah I thought this was we a really nicely done yeah. little subplot they, yeah. they, 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 they don't write and it does it, it does it very well that yeah. whole scene is done 
I think, quite tastefully and done well, and then completely thrown away. It never, it's yeah. never mentioned again. But like, I, I, like, you, you, you see them all sitting on the bench during yeah. the actual game. Yeah. Like, okay, I see they're they're on the team, but they're not ready to play. But the whole they're thing there is for the escape. That's that's all great and everything. Yeah, they, but, they, they turn up and they're in no condition to play. Yeah, right? it's the only thing that felt kind of real about this film. Yeah, like, they, they, yeah. they bring them to this game, and they've come from. They basically come to this Botlins holiday camp and they look like they've come from Pontins. <laughs> so they, they, they come over and they're hardly in any condition to stand up, mm. never mind any sport. Mm. Now, possibly they, they... And these are pure actors here, um, I think. Yeah. My, my, my European football knowledge isn't great uh, of, of, of that era. But they are very thin. They're certainly not that athletic. And they look like they could have come out of any... Much harsher, warmer yeah, yeah. Schindler's List. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, but then this kind of is the opportunity for the film to have a lot of heart. Mm. And you think, okay, so possibly, and uh, the, and so the idea is then actually the whole escape is to get these people out. Mm. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But that's all forgotten about. As it is. But I think it, 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 <laughs> you need a moment or two of that to give a film some actual humanity to it. So that's why I kind of felt like, even though the film was quite cheesy in places, I felt like it. It did essentially. It worked for me because it did have those little moments where it was like, oh, there is a, there's an actual story here. It's not just a football I, two hours of football porn. Like, yeah. I really would have liked it if during the end, which you know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, when they're kind of escaping, they're in the tunnel. They're, oh, at half time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're contemplating whether they should play or not, and I'd have liked it if one of those people from Eastern Europe. Been like, Are you crazy? Just, just said, like, Get out! Yeah. Yeah, come on, please. Yeah, yeah. My family. Can, yeah. <laughs> can we go? You you play. Can we yeah. go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, the, there was still potentially the opportunity for that to smuggle some of them out, and they wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the the other thing about this film that I that I really like. Well, there's two things actually. Uh, first of all, it is. I I think in many ways this is the ultimate feel good film mm-hmm. because it's proof that somebody out there will give you money for an idea, no matter how ridiculous it is. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, right, it's proof that no matter how little you know about something or how bad you are at acting, (laughs) right, you can be the lead in a Hollywood film. (laughs) I mean, Sylvester Stallone is so wooden in this film. Mm. At one stage, they actually... Replace him with a wooden dummy. Oh, they do, yeah. Right? <laughs> I enjoy it. And this, this is like it's a plot point, but I also think it's a it's an in joke in the film Maybe, about yeah. his bad acting. Mm. And the the best of it is, is the Nazis only realise when his head falls yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. Wonder, I, I had a fantastic time. I always try to read up on like the IMDb trivia about the movies before we do them because there's often some really fun backstage stuff. I don't know if you've read any of this, but there's some very funny stuff about Sylvester Stallone that allegedly in this film. Um, my favourite one I'll read to you now. So, this is this does kind of skip to the end of the movie. Sure. Reportedly, Sylvester Stallone insisted that his character should score the game-winning goal in this movie as he felt he was the biggest star in the film. Yep. However, the non-American crew was finally able to convince him of the absurdity of the goalkeeper scoring the winning goal and the penalty shot was specifically written to placate his ego. So Yeah, although um, he did actually, to be fair to him, he did have his finger broken by Pele. Yes, I read that too. Yeah, so there's a scene where um, they're taking Pele, and this is how they accidentally stumble across putting him in goal. Mm. I think it was during one of those scenes that his finger was broken because Pele kicked the ball that hard, and these were the old leather footballs. The interesting thing about Stallone in this movie, in many ways, Sylvester Stallone is to this film what Jar Jar Binks is to the fucking <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah? Please elaborate. Well, do you know that there is a version online that you can get of the Phantom Menace, mm. which is fan-made, and they've edited out 
every reference and every scene, every bit where Jar Jar Binks appears. Mm-hmm. And it completely changes the movie. Sure. It elevates the movie by about 15, 20%. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think you could do that with with Stallone in this. They literally, <laughs> like anybody could have done that part. It sure. doesn't matter. It, it's. It definitely felt like it was written. For, his scenes were written because he wanted. You know, he was the big Hollywood star. You know, it, it felt like there was a degree of like, well, we need to give him a lot of agency in this film. He has to be like the hero in many ways. But then he, he just he needs a love story. You know, he didn't seem to want to be that. The love story doesn't even happen. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the hilarious thing is with that actress. It says at the beginning. It says uh, I trying to remember her name, but it says uh, and introducing. Yeah, and she's like she a famous in, French actress. Isn't yeah, she? yeah, she's French Canadian. Yeah, and she gets introduced. She has a couple of lines there, and then you'd never see her in any no. Western film ever again after no, yeah. that. It almost becomes like a cliche and a joke, and that gives me an idea for one of the sequels we'll come on to afterwards, mm-hmm. about how little he knows about football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How but, would you rate his skills as a goalkeeper in this film? Or his believability as a goalkeeper in oh, this film? Oh, so I used, to, I used to be a goalkeeper. I played as okay. a goalkeeper myself. Mm. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even as a, again, even as a non-football fan, there were moments with him. I was like, I don't think he's very good at this. <laughs> it just awful. Yeah, just awful. And and some poor guy had to have his arm broken so he could do. I that. know. I hope that poor guy won like a medal, like in the story of this film. <laughs> that poor guy again, never heard of again. You know that guy? Actually, he wasn't even a goal. He was a footballer, but not. Oh, a he goal- was one of the footballers. Yeah, okay. he was one of the footballers, but he wasn't a goalkeeper. Oh, okay. Um, and, and upsettingly as well, after what was one of a crucial scene in the film, really, yeah. in terms of a plot point, yeah. and quite painful to watch, even yeah, though it's very cleverly done, um, they spelt his name wrong in the credits. Oh, <laughs> God. Let's talk about insult to injury, literally. Oh. Like. Yeah. But <laughs> that, 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 that sequence too. is like... It's very brutal, yeah. Yeah, it's very brutal, and also it's very matter-of-fact. Mm. It's just like... And also as well, again, it shows you the... Um, the slackness of this prison camp. Yeah. So they go, they've just been to see the commandant of the camp and say, I'm going to need Hutch out of, because uh, he's my goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Uh, you've got a goalkeeper already. He says, uh, no, we haven't. He's broke his arm. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, we'll need proof. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's not In like, your own time, though. Yeah, yeah. Just come back tomorrow. <laughs> you write a note. What they, what, what, they, what they should have done is they should have, like they did to, uh, to Hutch's head, just make a, a papier-mâché arm and just say, oh yeah, here's the arm. <laughs> it, it fell off. Oh no, um, he's broken his arm. Again. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I, um, I just remembered that uh, uh, Hutch's head that fell off was probably a nod to Escape from Alcatraz. The film of Clint Eastwood, Escape from Alcatraz, yes. came out two years earlier. And also, which uh, is a poss- story. possibly an inspiration for a famous... Manchester comedian Frank Sidebottom, which oh, is basically yeah. what it looks like. It did look a bit of Sidebottom, yeah. Not even. <laughs> like like one of the one of the early attempts by Frank Sidebottom. Going, no, that's not quite. <laughs> yeah, good. first draft. Yeah, <laughs> squash it down a bit. Make yeah. it more like a Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> the team will be ready to travel at midday on Thursday. Further arrangements will be announced later. One of my men is in the punishment block, in solitary. I can give you a trainer. You don't need him. Hatch is my goalkeeper. The American? No. Tony Lewis is your goalkeeper. He's broken his arm. When did this happen? This morning. Put someone else in goal. Hatch is my best man. If the camp doctor verifies this broken arm, you may have the American. Thank you. 
all that Sylvester Stallone does in this film is bitch about football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He hates <laughs> all it. He yeah. does, right? And then it becomes a cliche, and he's like, oh, this fucking game's going to kill me. Right? Yeah. Literally, you must say that three or four times. Yeah, and yeah. That's going to be in the a, drinking, drinking a downing. A downing. I, I really do wonder what his motivation is. Mm. Because he has no trouble escaping. Yeah. He's a hero. It's just well, no. He 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 he. he his problem is, is that he can. Escape. And again, this is one of my ideas for a sequel. Come back to it. He's very good at escaping, but that's about it. Yeah. And uh, I think he just likes to be involved. He's one of those people mm. who wants to be part. Like when he introduces himself as a coach yeah. to all the other players that are being promoted. Hi, I'm the coach. I'm the coach. But and you can time this. Go into it. Thirty-four minutes and about ten seconds into the film, right? <laughs> they're getting their kits. The kits have arrived. Mm. They're getting their kits. And they're handing them out. And again, there's no need for Stallone to be in this scene. No. <laughs> right? But he's walking around and kind of going, okay, guys, you got any problems? Got any strains? Any anal any bleeding? Yeah, he says, he says the phrase, anal bleeding. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, now I've played a lot of football. Right? <laughs> and I've been tackled hard. And I've pushed myself to limits. That's never happened to me. Anal bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I don't know how he plays. Right. But then he, and then he, does this he big plays thing. American football. Yeah. But I played American football as well. Oh, okay. That never happened to me. And he just did this big thing. He says, but no blisters. I don't want any. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, see, But then having said that, Michael Caine has about as much clue about football as well. Sure. Because the first time they do the proper training session with the kit, with yeah. the ball, the first thing that Michael Caine does, throw the ball away. We yeah. won't be needing that. <laughs> different sizes so make sure everything fits everything fits and i want you all to know that if you're having any trouble with say appendicitis or heart attacks that's okay no problem i can handle that but listen i don't want any blisters no blisters allowed so if there's anything wrong with any of you guys tell me now not later okay little inconveniences say like anal bleeding tuberculosis growing tumors little inconveniences like that all right Come on, I'm just trying to get some team spirit going here, right guys? Right, yeah, yeah. Make sure everything fits. Yeah, everything fits, everything fits. So the, the, basically the plot is, he's contacted the French resistance, the French resistance have come up with this plan, the stadium that it's being, the game's being held at, they come up with a plot, so basically the French resistance realise that they can get in under, through the sewers, yes. work their way underneath, not through a wall, mm-hmm. and then there's a part, if they put the... If they get in the right dressing room, mm-hmm. they can basically put a hole in the bath that the footballers normally have, mm-hmm. and they'll do that at half time, and then the footballers can escape. Yeah. Now, despite again the Germans, the, the Nazis, with their extra security going, what men on the door? What <laughs> extra security? There's nothing. There can be no escape. No, escape. they're just they're phoning in their their guard duty mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. They they start the game. They play terribly. It's not going well. The best player is injured. They come off at half time. Michael Caine again demonstrates he knows nothing about football. Um, <laughs> Just and, score more goals. Yeah. And then they go, Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone go over to the bath. I did like Sylvester Stallone's lines uh, during a game. Just like, get it away from the goal. Get it out. Just like, what do you think they're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got 10 other men all doing that. The, the great thing about the whole football sequence as well is you can see that obviously it's a very difficult from a filmmaking point of view to mic people up with oh, the yes. technology at the yeah. time. So obviously what they've done is they filmed the sequences, cut them together, and then, and then just got the players in to redub them. Mm. And they're just going, over here, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. <laughs> just, yeah. Pele in oh. particular had some very noticeable dubbing going on in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just awful. Anyway, yeah. so what happens is Michael Caine and Sylvester Stone are looking over the bath. The other's like, what's going on? Because nobody knows it's been kept secret. And mm. say, we're getting out of here. And then this bubble appears. 
the French resistance operatives have, you know, risked life and limb, tunneled mm. through, got through, stuck a ladder. Come on, we're getting out of here. Mm -hmm. They all climbed down the ladder, mm -hmm. right? There's a chance for escape. And they're like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to blow the tunnel and we'll be on a belt. We'll be out of here before they even know. Half time is only 15 minutes mm -hmm. in a football match. You don't have time to like dick about here, you know. And, but 15 minutes through an escape they, don't, they haven't planned on, they don't know where it's gone, mm -hmm. can be a godsend. And it's a chance for these footballers that have become prisoners of war. But most importantly, these other five footballers that have been in what seems to be a death camp <laughs> yeah. and their opportunity for liberation to escape. Most of the team get down the ladder. Yeah, They're on the way. Sylvester Stallone's like, yeah, I hate this bloody game. The game's going to kill me. I want out of here. And then as they're leaving, one of the uh, the footballers says to Michael Caine, hang on, we can win this. <laughs> now let me tell you something first of all. Right? <laughs> they're 4-0 down, right? They're 4-1 down. down, right? Okay. Generally, right, if you're 4-1 down at half-time, you're not going to win. You're not going to win, yes, sir. Occasionally, there are very occasional, very few examples of this changing. Sure. And, but I would say, you know, we're looking at across all football, like yeah. all the big leagues, mm. it maybe only happens four or five times a year. Sure. Right, and that's over a lot of games. So mm. you're talking less than 1% chance <laughs> of that changing, right? And that's when you've got a fully fit team of players <laughs> in good conditions and you're being paid for what you're doing. All their ribs intact. Yeah, yeah. not under threat of execution yeah. in <laughs> some kind of propaganda stunt. <laughs> right. They've got this opportunity. They've got, it's the equivalent of, right, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Right? It's the equivalent of him crawling through the tunnel of shit yeah. to get out, mm -hmm. reaching there, and then just going back, actually, you know what? If I go back now... I behave well. Uh, I could win the poetry competition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I could be out in five yeah. for good behaviour. Let's just go back. Yeah. yeah. It's just stupid. And then it completely undermines the, the whole title of the film because they don't escape. No. They don't escape. Oh, do they? Well, the end is, yeah. I just felt like, how pissed would you be if you were those French resistance Oh, players? exactly. Months tunnelling through that bloody cave to get underneath I, the stadium. They, they, they've risked so much. Any, any exposure yeah. they've got with these prisoners, anything they do like that. And it's just, they don't even let them take away the, the five Eastern European players. No. So, so everybody comes <laughs> back out. Play. Yeah, you never <laughs> play. They just sit on the bench, keeping Pele company while he's injured. Yeah. Anyway, so comes back out. And, and obviously, in some weird psychological condition, the fact that they've turned down the chance to escape and see their loved ones and families mm -hmm. and, and feel freedom once again... Still, they've turned that down and gone, you know what? Let's go and take this seemingly impossible task and see what we can do. Yeah. Right? They go back out. They get a goal back. Mm -hmm. They get another goal back. Mm -hmm. Right? They get another goal. It's for all. They've equalized. They have a goal disallowed yeah. by a dodgy referee. Mm -hmm. Boo. Boo. Mm -hmm. No VAR at the time, so they can't. So they can't <laughs> that. And then, in the very last minute of the game, last kick of the game, they give away a penalty. Mm -hmm. yes. right. Now, the Germans have already scored a penalty and you have Sylvester Stallone in goal. Mm -hmm. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. And then what happens is great bit of cinematography, this bit. Mm -hmm. Look, powerful moment as well where the, the, the crowd is singing, yeah. there's the silence, there's all those. The crowd seem, all French crowd, we assume, the Parisian crowd, sounding very British. <laughs> it's very like, come on, England. It's like, yeah. it's, it's very that. Even though it is like a mixed team. Of yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's an well. international team, yeah. And uh, yeah, so you have this wonderful slow motion moment where 
penalties taken. And Sylvester Stallone, again making the expression he makes with that cold lip, <laughs> most of his appearances during the film, mm-hmm. Rocky style, leaps to his left, mm. catches the ball. And then even though he's just saved, and obviously cause for celebration, runs around, celebrates, jumps up and down, as if they've just won the World Cup. Yeah. And their freedom. Which they could have won had they gone before. <laughs> then what happens is the prison crowd invade the pitch, yeah. swap the players, and despite there being more security at this game than there was at the prison camp, yeah. and almost shoulder to shoulder armed guards with machine guns all around the pitch <laughs> and on the on the roofs looking over, mm-hmm. presumably with the instruction if anybody runs on the pitch, shoot them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? They just get overwhelmed. And we've seen at the beginning of the film, they have no problem shooting no, 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 people, yeah. right? But they just get overwhelmed with people, let them run on, and they run and swap clothes with the footballers, cover yeah. them up, and whisk, whisk, whisk them away. Yeah. yeah, whisk them away into Paris. Yeah. So presumably, there is a the suggestion that they escape that way. Yeah, that's that's what I took from it. I think my favorite moment from this like triumphal fairy tale ending is when is it Pele's goal or is it the is, is it Sylvester Stallone's save when one of the Nazi officers is so overwhelmed by the power of the football he stands up and starts applauding them <laughs> uh, th- yeah there's Max von Sydow and yeah, it's yeah. one of the goals that was one of the goals okay. yeah uh, <laughs> it was Pele's goal surely yeah. with, the, with yeah. the slow motion yeah and, uh, and the, he, he, despite the disapproving looks from uh, yeah, yeah, his, his fellow officers and then also you've got the uh, the British officers have appeared again mm. and they're sat checking their watch to see the escape and they're very confused that <laughs> yeah. they haven't escaped. And rather than trying to do anything, they're just celebrating the fact that they've won. Again, yeah. this, again I suppose it's a moment of escapism. Everybody sure, forgets yeah. they're at war. Totally, yeah. And they have, they have this the, the, the football instead. Mm. But it's, it's ridiculous because they don't escape and there's no victory. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so did the game finish 4-3? No, the game finishes four all. Yeah. Four all. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they won in they won in spirit. They won in spirit because yeah. that disallowed goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And winning in spirit will get you through the trauma of being in a Nazi prison Definitely, camp. Yes. <laughs> so that's basically they what all the live happily ever after. Yeah. It's a message from the episode. Yeah. Hey, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Come on. Hey, hurry. Hey, I don't want to go. Let's go back. We can win this. Who said that? I did. It's not as though we're being slaughtered, Skipper. What do you mean we can win? Please, Hat. That game means a lot to us. You know that. We must go back. Are we ready for drinking games? I think, yeah, I think we are. Yeah. Okay, okay, drinking so games. First drink game I've got here. Uh huh. Um, drink for football tricks. Football tricks. So, to, be, to be honest, there's not that many in, in there, really. Well, you just mean the well, Pele. Well, I basically right, noticed too, yeah, there's the Pele moment where he does the backflip and kicks it. There is also one where somebody does that trick where they flick it robot, they flick it over their head like the rainbow kick yeah behind them into in front of them yeah sure and then also is, is, is there ever a point in that and also is it super hard uh it is but it's one of those tricks that a lot of people can do mm-hmm. they've learned quite early on i think the, the skill to it is being able to like a lot of these tricks is being able to do it in a game mm-hmm. when you've got other people around uh i suppose the other bit is at the beginning where well near the beginning when we first meet pele and he just flicks so that's only three points in there. So I would say potentially that would be a downing. 
part mm. for you for a drink. Those those tricks, mm-hmm. which does I mean uh, quite a difficult ending of the film. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, do you want to go next? Um, I think you should drink every time that Sylvester Stallone complains about football. Oh yeah, every time oh, he bitches yeah, about totally. football. Yeah. That's yeah. Definitely, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> drink for berries. Oh, I loved a bit. I loved. I loved Stallone's little jaunty beret he had on the whole time. I just really liked it. Whenever. Yeah, it, it did seem to be as well. This this odd thing where I'm pretty sure every other film that I've seen mm. has had some kind of authenticity about the prison camp. Yeah, like people are stripped of their individuality and mm. given like crappy, like not very comfortable clothes or pajamas. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Whereas in this film, it's kind of like, oh, you can you can keep your things, you can have some soap, you can even have a little room that you can use to make forged documents. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, He's so got like, his own office work, yeah, that guy. Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, and the, literally all they have to do is just keep an eye on the door. Yeah. yeah? And like, there's no, there seems to be no patrols. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's before CCTV or anything, mm-hmm. but all the, like, and it's not even very well hidden. No. It's just like, Oh, you know, so up in the roof, I've got this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, you were right before. You you made the perfect analogy. It is. It's it's summer camp. It is some. All the Germans are just going off, getting laid. You know, there's a whole side movie where the Germans are just like bored teenagers in like you know summer camp, just get trying to get laid all the time and not really caring about looking after the kids slash prisoners. Right? That's mm. definitely what this is. Um, okay, I've just got two more very quickly ones. Uh, I've drinked for dodgy dubbing work when someone's yes. obviously been dubbed. Yeah, De- Pele's introduction, I think, is my favourite because he's just. The levels are so different. He's so clearly been redubbed. Like at first, I wouldn't. He does actually speak. I think a lot of his later lines, like when he does the, he actually has probably one of the more iconic moments in the film when he says, "You don't know what this game means to us." So, which I thought he did. He delivered fairly well. But initially, I thought, "Wow, was Pele so bad that it's not even his voice?" Like, mm-hmm. is it like when Andy McDowell got dubbed through in Tarzan? Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it was just like you said, the practicality of like making people up while they're playing football so but it was quite funny yeah and my other one is drink for topless men it's a fair bit of shirtlessness in this film, <laughs> yeah. I can't say I hated it Stallone takes his shirt off just, you know it was in his contract like, yeah. <laughs> yeah well as I say like at the time like he, he was about to do Rocky 3 and the mm. first Rambo so mm. he was and, and also it was before any of the damage that he's done to his body sure, yeah, years I mean, of whatever he's done mm-hmm. yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah apparently he lost like 40 pounds for this role because he actually did he did think that uh, his you know his his rocky weights would not be uh not be entirely convincing as a goalkeeper so yeah. also do you think like the trousers he's or wearing, a a bit, the trousers he's wearing for most of the film look a little bit like he's just come out of saturday night fever yes very much so <laughs> He do, it, 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 there is definitely a sense I know Michael Caine was a Hollywood star as well but there's definitely like here is a film with people who look like people and then there's a Hollywood star has been plonked in the middle of it and it just <laughs> this is not this one is not like the others like yeah. <laughs> this freaking soccer game so sequels then sequels let's get how, what order do you want to do okay well before we do sequels oh yeah uh, we do always just let listeners know oh, that okay. we're on Patreon so we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash beyond the box set and for as much or as little as you think we're worth, you can support us. It's, if you do, you get a few little bonus features. You get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set. We review films that are in cinema right now. It's Oscar season at the moment, so... We are yeah. very busy. Yeah, yeah there's, there's about to be loads of reviews on that on that channel. Mm-hmm. It's a good time of year. Great time of year for watching films in the cinema. Also, every subscriber gets a 30-second advert slot on the main show once a month. And also once a month we get we have a Patreon episode where we pick a Patreon at vaguely random, but we try and keep it that everybody gets a, a fair turn. 
and they get to pick a film for us for the main show. You can come and guest on the show if you want to, but you don't have to. It's up to you. You also get access to our exclusive Facebook group. You get extended episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it, really. Yes. It's all available at patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset. It really helps us out. It gives us enough money to afford things like going to podcast conferences yes. and meeting such great people as you and. Oh, good, oh. good turnaround there. And, like, and pay, like, paying me to say nice things at the start yes. of the show. <laughs> yeah, that, that costs a lot. Yeah. Well, literally, we paid for our tickets with our Patreon fund. Yeah, so. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's that amazing. felt like a good investment, yes. Yeah, no, uh, well, um, I, 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 all of the Patreon subscribers I'd like to thank you because mm-hmm. uh, it's it definitely sort of introduced me to a new show, new friends, uh, new experiences. So, and I, I think it's all, always great when uh, I see people doing well. And I think mm-hmm. what Patreon allows and things like Patreon allows people to do is not just to cover the costs of doing these and, and, and all too well, like, the cost, not just in terms of time, but the actual physical cost of putting the show out there and the equipment that comes with it. But also, it, it's a level of engagement. It really means a lot that everybody that comes as a subscriber, it's a real commitment. So yeah. it's it's a really exciting thing to have. No, it blows our minds that people like give us money. Like, I mean, sounds like we're panhandling. I don't mean give us money, <laughs> but like that people are willing to not just listen to us but dig into their pockets to hear more from us it's it's very flattering yeah. Yeah. I mean if you do actually want to give them money just google where the business is and yeah, actually, come just, out to John's flat then I don't need to put it on the, on the papers it's just all mine so do that yeah <laughs> but yeah thank you everybody for subscribing if you already do and if you don't then you know maybe consider it if you've, if you've enjoyed us Bonjour tout le monde, I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round the world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I've brought this film to Mm -hmm. you today. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was one you might not have even heard of. I I knew the title, and I might have seen bits of it on TV because you're right it was a real like I feel like it was like a Sunday afternoon staple mm. but no I've never sat down and watched it before no so. and do you feel that those that's time that you'll never get back again <laughs> no, no 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 I mean I'll be honest I was worried because I'm really not a football fan in the slightest and generally sports movies have to work really hard to engage me a lot of them I do find fairly tedious but I, I did I did like this one I mean there were certainly moments we talked about that I was like laughing at I don't think it's like a particularly you know I don't think it's like a classic or like a work of art in many you know a lot of, I don't think it's entirely successful but I didn't I actually quite enjoyed it I found it pretty engaging pretty fun pretty light you know, it, it, bro- it breezed by quite easily and I, I'd say on balance I liked it more than I didn't like it so yeah yeah I'd say quite similar to John I really enjoyed watching this film mm. it's certainly not my kind of film mm. but I had fun with it all the way through and I've really enjoyed talking about it as well mm. and picking it apart in the ways that we have it's, that's been good yeah, it's. It, I, I'm also quite glad that this isn't your favorite film of all time, <laughs> and this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And like, I, this I, inspired I, you to get into football. Like, and... <laughs> no, no, no. My, my favorite film of all time you completely destroyed a few weeks ago in Fight Club. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not, I'm not sorry. <laughs> no, it's a good film. I'm glad you brought it. Yeah, same. So Harry, sequels. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I've got an idea here. Um, that you just do the one this week, yeah? Just the one. Okay. Um, that has mainly come off the title that I thought up. 
Okay. okay. Um, so title first idea. Yeah. Uh, Always promising. Yeah, yes, good. Often, often the worst. Um, it's called Escape to Victory 2, The Deadly Rematch. The nice. Deadly Rematch. Nice. Or it could be The Rematch. I think just dead, not the, just deadly rematch. Deadly rematch. Yeah. Lose the the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, Escape to Victory, Deadly Rematch. Cool. Okay, so it's a straight sequel. Cool. Not um, a gay sequel. Yeah. Correct, yes. Cool. Yes. Um, Making sure. Yeah. That, that'll be a bit of a twist for this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be set a couple of weeks um, just after the football match at the end. Okay. So they're all still in Paris. Is it the same people playing? The, are we doing the de-aging thing? Cause I'm not, I, I was only doing de-aging for... Why was I doing de-aging? Oh, because it was Goodfellas. Goodfellas, yeah. Is it the same cast then? Because these people are a lot older now. I do not know, other than Michael Caine's character will now be played by James McAvoy. Cool, I can see right. that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. works. Yeah. Vaguely yeah. the right age. Sylvester Stallone. Took me a while to find somebody who vaguely looks like Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, yes. The guy from uh, This Heroes Is Us. Heroes uh, and yeah. This Is Us, maybe. Oh, okay. And... Yeah. 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 Other than that, I don't really know who to cast because I don't really know. I, well, I feel like they should all be football players. Yeah. Anyway, so a couple of weeks after the match, and uh, it's been an international embarrassment for the Germans. Okay, it's made them look very weak. So have the sorry, have the have the footballers have they actually escaped? Are they now in the wind? Are they free? They're, they're just in Paris. They're in Paris. They've not been recaptured. Correct. Cool. Okay. So lay low in Paris. Um, because the Germans are so embarrassed about this, and you know, it's made them look like they're just. They're completely screwing up and they're doing awful. They've publicly called for a rematch. Okay. Because the original game was a draw. Ah. And so, you know, they want to see who the actual winner would be. They want to give the, le- the game a second leg. It's very like, again, echoes of Rocky in that because the first Rocky film, people forget that that was a draw. Yeah. And it was a, they score it even. And then Rocky 2 is basically a rematch. Hmm. Sure, I've not seen Rockies. Well, really? There's no, so not, many holes I'm, in I'm, Harry's I'm, 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 I know. In, the Rockies is one that we're never going to do on here because we don't do films as sequels. So. Yeah. so the Germans, they call for the original team to return to the Paris Stadium two weeks from now, uh, ready to play a second match. Okay. Their deal is if the Allies win the game, they will be officially granted their permanent freedom and be sent to whichever country they call home. I'm getting very Admiral Akbar feelings right now. It's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> however, however, if the Allies lose, then they all go back into German custody. Okay. Probably to never play football again. So presumably they're all like hiding out in French resistance safe houses at this point. So maybe they've got... Yeah, pretty much. Maybe they've got some kind of reason to be like, okay, well, let's give this a shot. So now we cut to a dark bar where uh, Colby is... um... Colby's the Michael Caine character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's brought the team back for the first time that they've all seen each other together again. Because they've all been in hiding. Yeah, they kind of all went their separate ways straight away. Um, But he has managed to get them all back. And uh, yeah, they talk about how they're all getting on and... Nobody's been able to sneak out of Paris because the Nazis have just been keeping guard of any kind of exit points mm-hmm. really well. And uh, Colby announces that uh, Hatch, Sylvester Stallone's character, mm-hmm. has actually been caught. Okay, so he's, he's now been... Is he being used as, like, the, the bait then? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, we've captured your goalie? He's like, he's <laughs> yeah. like the princess, effectively. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that, that actually... That, that that works much better than what I've got here. Yeah. Okay. So like, I have a rematch. Agrees to the rematch, or he dies, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Basically, that's a belie- a somewhat believable reason for them to go back and do yeah. this ridiculous match. So. Although, although, to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty no, sure I, would, I, would, I would just <laughs> wouldn't give a shit. But, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, like they've all been having hard times. They've been struggling to get food and everything. It's sure. like the Nazis have been really, really trying to find these guys. Yeah. Sure. 
Um, so yeah, they eventually decide that. Well, yeah, I guess we'll we'll go and do this match in two weeks. Sure. And, uh, yeah, that's what I've got to so far. Okay. Where okay. do you go from there? Um, well, I've got a um, a subtitle for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, I, I would call it Third Reich, Second Leg, <laughs> First Victory. <laughs> nice. That's really good. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's all over the posters. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, because obviously, and then that that then plays on the fact that they, they didn't win. Nobody won the first game. Mm. And then I wonder if maybe just to add into this mix here, because this is half an idea that I had, if I can mm. crowbar it into yours, is one of the things that often come up in Nazi films is their obsession with technology and the occult. Mm. So maybe what they have is some kind of Temple of Doom voodoo magic in the team that they roll out. Sure. Or possibly superior Nazi technology. Mm -hmm. So they're actually playing steampunk Nazi robots. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. (laughs) So we actually go into like a fantasy realm for this sequel kind of thing or? oh no the Nazis were really doing that kind of stuff not, okay the Nazis were <laughs> I, see. I mean just like yeah I don't, don't start talking to me about the moon oh just okay, oh, okay right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an inside job John yeah. right. <laughs> um, so yeah where do you go from there then so okay so they've agreed well we're going to need a lot of training montages to get them mm-hmm. fit so. I mean the, the first thing is is like how do they all get back together because you yeah. assume like to escape they're all individually hidden away in families yeah. so they need to have some kind of message and then there's mm. again this decision do we do it do it yeah there not? should be some conflict about whether they actually want or, to do it or, or maybe mm. what they could do is they actually they all manage to get back home or most of them do the odd one of them gets caught but most of them make it back home mm. and then the British government basically or the American government or the allied whoever's in charge at the time suggest that it would be really good to go back and win and they parachute them back in. I, I, I was also thinking of uh, of up in the stakes and the Germans saying, rather than, yeah, you're all granted your freedom, just like, we'll pull out of Paris. <laughs> <laughs> On the basis of a football match. So we're purely in the realm of fantasy now, shall we? Yeah. yeah. I, um... <laughs> bit much? Bit Maybe much. Well, I mean, the, the, I suppose you could... Cause there is an element throughout this film within the, the prisoner of war camp mm. of this thing of gentlemen mm-hmm, and yeah. honour. Even though nobody seems to stick to it, they mm. have this pretense of it. Yeah. So I could see them very much having a discussion on that with the intention to betray each other and backstab. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I might have gone a bit far. I don't know. Mm. I think it's better if most of them are still in Paris and it's just like, well, Sylvester Stallone, he, he's, he, been, he, he's been captured. He, he's been taken away. And well, even though they don't like him very much, it's like, well, you know, we can't let him die. Let's just we'll all... kill him if you don't play. So yeah. So yeah, we get, and we get the rematch. Yeah, yeah, and I think most of the film could just be the build-up to that, like they get them, them all like getting as as Ant mentioned, like how they contact each other and mm-hmm. come into an agreement about whether or not they can help him or not. Mm-hmm. I, I'd also like to offer a few cast suggestions sure. here. Footballer turned actor of some repute, um, although it might take a bit of convincing to get him back in. Eric Cantona. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He so be, he could yeah. be in charge of the resistance mm, yeah. that brings everybody back together and maybe well, he's the negotiator. Though, he? he is, yeah. yeah. Completely. No, no, he's done quite well for himself. Yeah. Huh? Um, I'd also like to uh, introduce some international flavours to it as well. Sure, yeah. Obviously, the, who would you bring in that would be the equivalent of Sylvester Stallone mm. the, these days in terms of that role? So maybe Stallone's character, Hutch, doesn't make it in this in this film or he's escaped and doesn't come back because he, he hates football anyway, as we all know. The Rock. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the Rock. And also, I did mention Tom Cruise earlier. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to throw in a bit of a curveball. Okay. Nicolas Cage. Ooh. For in what, what role? For what, though? Nicolas Cage as the captain of the, the Nazis team. 
Oh yeah, Nicolas Cage in an eye patch doing a German accent. Yeah. I think that'd be <laughs> yeah. instantly and, iconic. And yeah. it just, but he, he has an eye patch yet he's still cross-eyed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I patched on his good eye. Yeah. Uh, and then, in, and then, in terms of uh, uh, footballers, um, I'd like to see them uh, bring in David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So David Beckham. So you had Bobby Moore in the original, who was a legendary oh, captain. Yeah. We already mentioned Harry Kane, mm-hmm. uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Chris, uh, Kylian Mbappe, who's Parisian anyway. He plays okay. for Paris Saint Germain at the minute. Uh, one of the best young players in the world, very fast. He would possibly be the equivalent of the Pele in terms well, of Well, we mentioned earlier that the Pele, that Pele obviously is a Brazilian, famously, if, um, but he's playing a Trinidadian. Are yeah. there any notable Trinidadian footballers who've reached the global, you know, who could actually like re- rewrite that potential bit of appropriation? Like, um, well, but one way you could get around this by having the uh, the, the Brazilians involved. Yeah, was, that, that, that could work. Yeah. Was was because obviously one one of the. Again, this is on my conspiracy theory podcast that mm. may or may not exist because that <laughs> itself is a conspiracy theory. Is uh, a lot of the Nazis escaped to South America, ah. and so maybe what could happen is it's like set a few years later, and it's the seventies, and they track them down to like South America, and then that would enable you to have South American footballers playing uh, legitimately. Okay. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's very good. Uh, so how are we going to conclude this then? So they're, they're going to do the match, I guess. So well, yeah, I'd like them to to do the match. Maybe there is some sort of an escape plan. Yeah. Oh yeah, they'll need um, to, they'll a, need a backup a, 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 in again, case a, the Germans again. betray. I them. think a lot of this depends on who's directing it, who we bring mm. in. That's going to. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, because that's going to give us the tone for it and also yeah. the bravery of it. Because you know, could we have somebody that's going to be brave enough to? go back to the original source material for this and have them win and then be executed. For Quite example, stark ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Nolan lo- does like to use Michael Caine. Yes. They yeah. have a long working relationship. Yes. So would this be like a Nolan style? If I feel like it's a Nolan style thing, then like, would, the, would the 90 minute football game happen out of sequence? Probably, yeah. Like a... <laughs> There'd be time travel involved. Yeah, they think they've won. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. Or, or, the, or they win, but the game's just been a massive distraction. So Could the Nazis be, yeah. can complete their ultimate weapon or whatever it was. And then while they win in that game, then Nazis are actually conquering all the other capitals around the world. Mm. Or yeah. you could do it like Rocky. Because we are essentially adopting a Rocky plot here, like mm. I mentioned, is the rematch angle, I guess. So maybe just go full on in that and say Sylvester Stallone as a vanity project is directing this film. Because he directed Rocky, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To, to, you know, two um, diminishing returns as the, as the franchise went on. Mm. But yeah, you could just own it as like a, you know, your classic inferior sequel. Oh, like, and then if he was directing it though, then he would have his way. Yes. And so you could see that would completely change the outcome of the game. So what would happen, he would get to fulfill his wish of the first game and one by one, the Allied team fall to injuries, yeah. leaving only <laughs> Sylvester Stallone on the pitch yeah, yeah. against the 11 uh, voodoo magic robot <laughs> Nazis yes. right yeah, fact, yeah. and Stallone still manages to beat them yeah meanwhile the French lady Renee from the first movie is like you can't do it Hutch you're too old <laughs> she's, she's like full Adrianing it like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. no mm. I like that yeah he still wins still yeah wins. of course he wins still yeah. wins yeah. Five, four. celebrates so, the same way so yeah. it's okay yeah so we've gone four vanity projects so it starts with 
can these this ragtag bunch of escaped British European, you know? I like how this escalates as well. Yeah, yeah. like I've, I've started off as somewhere quite sensible from going. Yeah, now we've, we've gone another direction. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts off, can they say, and do they want to save him? But actually, it ends up because it's Professor Sloan. He saves himself but, and them. Oh, and, and can we as well? Can we have a real? I know you like a, a good Millennium Falcon moment, mm. but just when it looks like everybody's injured and everybody's done. Mm-hmm. Pele, as he is now, right? <laughs> yeah. Gets off the bench to whip a cross in. Yeah. That Sylvester Stallone buries into the back of the net with his hands because he doesn't fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the injured players just get up and run on broken legs and all yeah. the, just <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I have an idea for a film. Just, sure, yeah. just a very quick one. It's a courtroom drama. Okay, cool. And it's Escape to Victory, The Collaborator. Oh, okay. I like that title. So Michael Caine. Uh, escapes at the end of the film with everybody else mm-hmm. and is put on trial court-martialed right, yeah. for going against the instructions and also for collaborating with so is this the, under the, the British or the German under the British so he, he so gets back to he's he back in England he's court to London for, okay, okay. and he's court-martialed because he was a footballer he signed up became a, uh, an officer mm. and the other officers at the camp say to him and they says you'll be you'll be embarrassed this is a propaganda you shouldn't be in entertaining it you should oh, be yes, engaged with a, it yeah. they warn him about that and he sure. goes against that and he goes against it at every step mm. and then even when they, they find a way to make it work in their favour yeah, they say we've got your way out he then refuses that opportunity to escape and also means that those five or possibly more players that have come from what was effectively a death camp mm-hmm. They've not escaped. True. We don't know if they have escaped or not. Mm. Uh, and therefore, all the intelligence and knowledge that could have come with them about what was happening there has been lost. Okay. And so it's Michael Caine trying to put passion against the harsh okay. facts of war. So it's your classic Oscar Beatty courtroom drama. Yeah, okay. but it, it, it's it's more and actually Michael Caine trying to do it on charm and being a fellow sure. just trying to win. Is he gonna? Is there gonna be a point where he's got a standard issue lawyer where he's like, Your Honor, I'd like to represent myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it would be because it's a court martial. It would mm. have to be an, another officer, and that's possibly right, okay, sure. possibly I don't know enough about military law in the forties, mm. but that would possibly be assigned to him by the uh, okay. commanders and the generals that are in there. So I think it would be something where, you know, he's he's come out, he thinks he's done a good thing and he's done a thing for it, but he's facing execution. Right, he's firing squad, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm. And th- then maybe maybe that could be an, an, another another sort of subtitle for it is the ultimate penalty shootout. Yes. <laughs> the death penalty, yeah. <laughs> Escape to victory, death penalty. <laughs> yes. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Very good. That, that works. Okay. Uh, and obviously that, that gives Michael Caine an opportunity to really flex his acting muscles yes. because he's not going to be running around on, no. on, on the pitch. He'll be in much more comfortable territory with this, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but also as well, there's the opportunity for like... He, he will still have his Cockney accent, whereas everybody yes. else in the court will be very clipped. And yeah, very, yeah, yeah, And it'll be a kind of a, a bit of a um, the system against the common yes. man. Yes. But I'm not sure. I'm tempted to almost like have it as a very bleak mm. ending. And so he actually like, goes down. Yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, but almost like with a still like you know liberty fraternity. Sure. Yeah. He, you know, he, like, he dies with honor, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that could work. Definitely. Can his lawyer be played by David Beckham? <laughs> then he's, he's, there's going to be a very short film. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be executed. Yeah. Tattoos and all. Tattoos, accent, yeah. just, you know, great. Yeah. So, a couple more. Um, so, 
Hutch, and this is quite interesting because it ties in with another film. Okay. Although it is a film which I since discovered already has two sequels, but <laughs> I kind of get the feeling they went straight to victory. Oh, we, 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 we tie in with films sometimes. That's okay, yeah. Good. All right. So Hutch isn't very good at football. We've, we know we've established that. <laughs> He's also not very good at acting. No, yes. Um, <laughs> but one thing that we've got from that character displayed by, portrayed by Sylvester Stallone, is that Hutch is very good at escaping. Ah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that brought about my idea for this sequel, mm -hmm. which is Escape to Victory 2, Escape Room to victory. Ah, nice. nice. Very okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where the Nazis decide, rather than replaying a, a football, right, they'll have a different game. And so they manage to recapture all the players that have escaped. <laughs> right? And instead of actually putting them to the test, they go, we're going to put you in a more secure experimental facility, which turns oh. out to actually be in a giant U-boat in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> but they put them to the test and they, the players have to solve logic tasks and puzzles mm -hmm. against the clock. Mm -hmm. Of course, if they don't solve them, they're killed. Okay. So it kind of becomes like that kind of like teen horror kind of movie. I like it. Okay. But with football. And also as well, it means you're going to get through the cast pretty quickly, yes. given the... Uh, the cliched IQ levels of the average footballer. Excellent. Also, you can kind of kill them off in order of acting ability to kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep, keep things going a little smoother, yeah. And of course, it ties in because Sylvester Stallone uh, was in Escape Room with yes. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. Of course. Which, yeah. there is an Escape Room 2 and 3, which very quietly came out of the last two Do they years. Both have, are they both in the sequels as well? Stallone's sure. in both of them. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Schwarzenegger... After the first one, he pieced out, I presume. Like, he's he's going to go make Terminator money. Sure, yeah. He's got all the characters, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other idea is more of a spin-off, mm -hmm. right? And I've not got quite got a title for this, so maybe you can come up with the idea, is after escaping and making his way back to the US, despite hating soccer so much as he does, he, he's actually grown very fond of it because we're the people of the memories of it. And so he decides to educate his compatriots back in America okay. about the game of soccer uh, and bring okay. it to them. So it's Coach Hutch he becomes. Okay. Right? He keeps that moniker and whenever he meets up with his old buddy they still call him Coach Hutch. And he... Is he good at it yet? No. He's <laughs> awful. Because he doesn't remember all the rules. Right? And he doesn't quite get it. And also he's just not very good. Mm. Literally yeah. the only the only good thing he's ever done is saving that penalty. Everything else that he This sounds happen. like the premise of like a middling Adam Sandler movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I based it yeah, on. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's kind of like the water boy. Yeah, this is yeah, the yeah, kind yeah, of like, yeah. it would be, it would draw a lot of inspiration from that. But also it would be quite heartfelt because it's about the story of a veteran sure, yeah. trying to find his place mm -hmm. in a world that he doesn't recognise anymore. Okay, so it does have a bit of heart and soul, yeah. A bit of heart and soul. And possibly there's the, the opportunity, maybe it's just with a with a, a college team, but mm -hmm. he gets the opportunity and then he has the opportunity to take them to win like the the state trophy or sure. something. That would be okay. the... That's the plot. And then my big idea okay. <laughs> okay. is... Escape to victory, don't mention the VAR. Don't mention the VAR. Okay, is yeah. that an accent? Like so, no, that's uh, Video Assistant Referee, which is the new ah, technology like which it, like is it, okay. disrupting modern-day football to high hell. Disrupting or aiding? Well, it's aiding, but it's, it's pointing out lots of flaws. So the, the arguments are at the minute is, one, it's destroying the game and the passion. Mm. Also, that it's doing it right and it's actually 
maintaining the law to the letter. Mm-hmm. However, the laws need updating. No. Right. And so the idea for this is that videotape is found of the original game uh, mm-hmm. in, in Paris mm-hmm. and it's redigitized. And somebody as part of a college project puts it through modern football using all the VAR technology that they have. Mm-hmm. And they find out that uh, even though arguably that goal, one of the goals was, was disallowed, mm-hmm. may, may, may should have been allowed, at least one of the Allies' goals should have been disallowed because of a foul or an offside in the build-up to the goal. Mm-hmm. So this creates a whole international incident when this paper's published. And Wait, when's this set? This is set now. Now. This is set now. And so it creates an international incident and obviously things... How much much would people care? (laughs) So it's decreed that there will be a rematch Uh, to see. And so it's... And also as well, the issues they got a a lot of the original players because it's a long time since since they played in the world that the veterans are, are dying off. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a big anniversary from the end of the war. So they're all going to be getting together again on the beaches of Normandy. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to arrange this game with the existing veterans. The original players. The original so, players. So it's a bunch of 80-year-olds kicking around. About. Oh, it's a yeah. So it's, it's escape to victory. Don't mention the VAR walking football at its best. And so <laughs> shuffling around, some of, them, some of them using wheelchairs, mm-hmm. some of them using walking sticks. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's, it's, it's a lovely game, lovely story about... The best of friends, worst of enemies, mm-hmm. coming together, trying to recreate that moment. I mean, obviously, there's probably going to be some tragedy. Somebody goes in with a tackle a bit too hard and <laughs> game over. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. that multiple people die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bloodbath. But, yeah, so, the, I mean, there's, there's a bit of a... So you could, you could cast Stallone and Kane as they are now. Yeah. But then you would possibly have to put the film back about 30 or 40 years mm. because obviously the, the aging process didn't work. So, so maybe, so if the, if the original film was done in the 80s about a game that took place in the in, in the 40s. Right. So maybe what you do then is this is a film that was done in the 80s, the actual, it's set in the 80s, which gives you, you'd film it in East Berlin. Nice. The backdrop of the wall. Another mm-hmm. opportunity to cast James McAvoy just so you can be, I fucking love Berlin. Oh yeah, yeah. did you ever see that movie? What's it called again? Oh, uh, with Charlie's Ferran. Uh, what was it called now? Uh, oh God, what was that called? Oh God, that was Atomic a- Blonde. Atomic, Atomic Blonde, yeah. Atomic Blonde, yeah, yeah. Crazy uh, film. I, I, I'd like to see uh, Daniel Bruhl in mm. there as well. Very good actor. Very good actor, very good actor, actor yeah. yeah. Uh, and also Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. I mean, of course. But as the head of the Stasi. Yes. Right, and so uh, the the game is held in East Berlin with some of the original players they all come back together that they're brought together so that maybe throws out the whole VAR technology so maybe it's some kind of mm. CI te- whatever um, <laughs> there's a hole in this plot it didn't stop them making the first <laughs> film <laughs> uh, and then maybe it could be used for, for Stallone to actually do something that he does well mm-hmm. and it's actually cover for him to get over the wall or under the wall or through the wall to do a mission in East Germany for the CIA nice, and okay. do his Rambo thing. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah? okay, yeah. And that's against Christoph Waltz, who's the head of the Stasi. Yeah. Interesting, okay. Very good. What to say that was called again? Don't mention the VAR. Don't mention the VAR. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Best title so far. Love it. 
Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I think that's excellent. Is that uh, is that you done? Uh, um, or have you still I, got I, two million left? I've got the, the 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 ideas. As you said before in previous, once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they do pop up. Um, no, I I, I think I think that's it. It kind of merged with a few of the ideas that you had. The only other ideas that I had was if you were to set it in eighties Berlin, mm. the soundtrack would be incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. great eighties yeah. synth. Yeah. Kraftwerk. Yes. Uh, Nena, Nona Nonzig, Lovebelons. Yeah, and Falco. And of course the Scorpions and the big American import that you'd bring into it for this then as well. Exactly. Castle Yeah. Great. Love it. That'd be very good. Yeah. Excellent. Shall we go to me? Yes. Cool, okay. So mine, I've taken a, a slightly different tack from you two, as I often do. So my one this week, it actually, it's a sidequel. So that's, you know, it, it's, it's happening alongside the parallels of the events of the original. And it concerns the activities of quite a minor character in Escape to Victory. And that is Renée, the, uh, the the French the French lady who yes. Stallone has a very brief underwritten love story with. Did, I mean, this is something I couldn't figure out from the actual film. Does something happen? Is it just the suggestion that something happens? Well, it happens? felt like something... It felt like there was a whole... I feel like there was a whole bunch of scenes filmed of this that they just cut straight out of the film. <laughs> like, we, should have got, we should have got the director's cut. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I feel there's like an hour of their yeah. romance because there's a bit where her son runs onto the pitch. They never have any screen sound, but the son runs onto the pitch and is like, flowers for the halftime show, Mr. Hutch. Like, so, you know, <laughs> something has happened. Some bonding yeah. has gone on. So, Which I think is very woke as well for Sylvester Stallone to accept flowers. From a boy. From a boy. boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, so my, she says, the reason I was drawn to this was that she says some interesting things in her one scene in this film. She says something along the lines of... Um, because she, she's, I guess, her sa- she's the owner of the safe house. She lives in the safe house. And she's like, don't tell me anything about yourself because all the men, they come through here and I, I find out about them and then they die and then I feel very sad. You know, that's her mm-hmm. plot. It's like she's seen them, all these soldiers, all these people hiding out from the Nazis. All Are you through. making aspersions on her character there? I'm not saying that she's slept with all of them. I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> but, but basically, yes, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to do a sequel where basically it's based around her, Renee, and she just... It's about all the people who pass through her safe house over the years, and and her weakness is she falls in love with each and every one of them. Like whoever they are, whoever they are, anyone who passes through, <laughs> no matter can... how disgusting they are physically yeah. or their habits. Well, I mean, I've not really gone down that. Not, I'm not going that she's fallen with some grotesques, but yeah, I mean, maybe it's an option. No, my thought was that it's all like classic action movie stars, you know, because Stallone is like Mister Action Movie, right? Maybe, maybe this could be also serve as a prequel to The Expendables. It could. It and really maybe could. that's the link that all There's the a actors lot cro- have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of crossover, yeah, because I was thinking, first of all, she also mentions in passing that she was married, but her husband, or maybe not even, maybe her partner, or whatever, was killed in the early days of the war. So first of all, we need just to introduce this side course. So it's Paris, 1940, whatever, the war is starting. Maybe the invasion of France is just beginning. So, you know, we'll open there, maybe. She is, you know, a young a young bride, got a young son, let's say. She's got to have a husband or a boyfriend who's going to be killed by the German military when they invade. So I'm thinking, who who better to play a, a Parisian soldier than um, than Jason Statham? You know, classic action star Jason Statham. Because totally I love the idea of Jason Statham in a beret, like doing the full onions and garlic routine, like, you know, in a beret and a, mustache, a little moustache, doing doing the full French accent. I've never heard him, Jason Statham, do accent work, no, but I've been interested to hear him try. So. Mm. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like it. I, I think he potentially could be this generation's Sean Connery. Oh, I'd, I'd do every film, whatever role he's given. It's just, I guess the characters just. Yeah, yeah, let's just let's cast him as Hitler. Yeah, right? exactly. But like, just um, just do it as do you? Yeah, do you, Jason? Yeah, the, the Hollywood remake of Downfall, Jason Statham. <laughs> Yeah, so Jason Statham play. I mean, I've not really cast her or Renee. Uh, I guess it could be Marion Cotillard, classic French actress, you know, Oscar-winning French actress, yeah. Marion Cotillard. Mm-hmm. This could be her second Oscar. Sure. I feel like the start of this film is the the introduction is going to have Jason Statham as her husband, and so the Nazis invade Paris and he gets killed. Tragedy. She is now a single mother. That's quite a bold move to kill off your big. Yeah, well, that could, it could be like a bit of a psycho thing. Like you've got your biggest star dies in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, don't they do it similar? One of my favourite films just for doing that. To someone is yeah. Executive Decision, oh, where was... Steven Seagal they kill him off after ten minutes. Really, I've not yeah. seen that one, but I nice. think it's it, yeah. It, but it's it's I think I always like it when they do that when they kill the big star. Early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's similar, like Scream D- as Drew well. Barrymore, yeah, yeah, exactly. She was on all the posters. No one knew, knew who um, Nev Campbell was at the time, so yeah, always good. Yeah, so Statham's dead. She's now a single mother trying to survive in war-torn Paris, and she, maybe her father's like big into the French Resistance, and so she, or maybe her husband was, and she starts running this kind of free house for you know people, people of, of all walks of life. Or maybe she just doesn't care anymore. Maybe she's just <laughs> the, love out, of, yeah. the love of her life has gone. She's just use me, use my, yeah, house. use my house. I don't care. Yeah. Just life has no meaning anymore. Yeah. I'm just surviving. Sure. But that's, that's absolutely the case. But from this is all set up for this kind of parade of like action movie icons who are going to like be playing various characters in in a, in a World War Two setting who are going to come in, in and out of her life and they're all going to have some kind of torrid love affair with her. So Cigar's going to be one of them. Cigar yeah. is going to be. So who could Cigar be in like a World War Two period setting? Why would he need to hide from the Nazis? Who might he be? So the, the the thing about Seagal is he was always made out to be an expert and Aikido was his big thing. Yes. So Japanese. So maybe he was like some kind of Japanese intelligence expert and he had knowledge about Japanese technology mm. or or maybe he was some kind of ambassador trying to yeah he was the deal. French ambassador to Japan and now he's on the run from the Nazis he's been he's come back to America to France I should say not to America he's come back to France he moves in he's the first one maybe how long do they stay there for like a day a few weeks a couple of, well it, it varies like from, yeah. from a few days to a few months maybe like and but they all have this she falls for every single one of them and they all end up dead I'd quite like it if like even if like can we just can you just watch him for an hour and in yeah. that hour she in falls in love with them as a toy yeah. affair <laughs> exactly that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of yeah. like that's an actual serious mental condition that there's yeah, yeah, like, that's, yeah. a mental health disorder yeah, she's, she's traumatised what can you say yeah uh, so yeah Seagal will pass through Schwarzenegger obviously is going to pass Van through Damme. Van Damme Van Damme has to pass through <laughs> Dolph Lundgren has to pass through mm, you know yeah. Yeah. Mel Gibson all. Yeah, and again, I thought we've mentioned them already, but The Rock, The Rock. I mean, when The Rock comes in, she's like, hello. <laughs> yeah, they all come through. And, Vin Diesel. And the, Yeah, and then are we going to have it that it turns out that Statham isn't dead? Yes, he faked his own death. He's oh. like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I've been dead for six months, woman. <laughs> yeah, and look at all these notches on the bedpost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe he comes back and actually he was always a double agent mm. and he comes back and as a Nazi a, as a Nazi so then he and well maybe at this point we pick up at the end of the actual Escape to Victory narrative oh yeah I forgot about that yeah this is a <laughs> sequel to Escape we to Victory yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe at the end I forget she, where you were Ant <laughs> so let's say the end of Escape to Victory when they all get swept out of the, uh, the to be honest village. this already makes more sense than the whole plot of yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah so maybe she then rescues Stone again and brings, her, brings him back you know, after the match 
he's hiding out of her house again. They're madly in love, you know, all that kind of stuff. Notches on the bedpost, and then yeah, shocker, Stephen returns, and he and he's been he faked his own death, and he's like, I can't believe you've been with all these men since I've been dead for less than a year, and but it, as you mentioned. Statham is in fact a double agent. He's not a, a Parisian. He's a Ger- he's been a German their whole marriage. Like she's been he's, he's been he's so good at accents. If you are listening in Germany, you're very welcome to the show. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. We have nothing against you as well you know, now. Um, <laughs> 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 do you mean do you mean now post Brexit? Post Brexit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How the tables have turned. But yeah, I just like the idea of making Statham like cycle through so many accents because I don't think it's his strong point. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. That's that's my idea. So that yeah. So it ends with yeah Statham versus Rocky versus mm-hmm. Stallone, and let's say Stallone. I mean, that's a Statham versus Rocky versus Stallone. Yeah. Sorry, I meant Statham versus Stallone. Right. What if actually what if what they've done is using Nazi technology? They've cloned Hutch. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and so actually there's like so a robot Stallone has to fight, fight himself. himself. Yeah. Oh, okay, so then Stallone, so skip, but, get but, rid but, of Statham. But, 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 but like one of them is the boxer, and one of them is basically just the actor Stallone. Yes. Sure. With a French actor. Again, With Stallone, a French- Stallone, not a good French actor. So yeah, maybe that's the reason. Okay, so scrap the whole Statham backstory that I peddled before. Let's say the reason that she, in the original film, fell for Stallone, Hutch, is because he strangely reminds her of her deceased husband because they are played by the same actor. And yeah. So then the first half of the film... Actors pushing it a bit well, further. Okay, the first, <laughs> Everything else first is acceptable. First Hollywood personality. And, um, yeah, so the first half of the film is going to be Stallone in a beret with a French accent, pretending to be like a French mm. slash German double I, agent. I wonder as well if there could be a plot device mm. in the flowers at the end of the first film. The little boy runs on. Oh, yes. in the flowers. And maybe that's somehow how she tells the difference between the real Hutch and the robot evil Hutch. Oh, because he can smell the flowers? Yeah. Mm. Or the, he has some kind of allergy. The flowers make him sneeze, perhaps. Oh, I see. So <laughs> yes. it's all big ruse. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So that's basically it. So that was Escape to Victory 2, Prisoner of Love. Oh, okay. yeah. I like the title. Yeah. Just the title. Plot shite, <laughs> shi- but title. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, there's, I just thought it'd be fun to do like a side story with that woman because she was the only woman in the film and she had very little to do, so. Thanks. No, merci. Look, lady, I just said thanks, no offense. We are both on the same side, aren't we? Please. Well, I just wanted to talk. It's been a long time since I've talked to a woman. Do you understand what I'm saying? Parlez-vous English? I understand you very well. Good, then why don't you sit down and we'll talk. Hatch, my friends call me Hatch. No. You don't want to be my friend? I didn't want to hear your name. And now that I do, I don't want to hear anything else about you. The less I know, the better it is for you. Should we get into lesson submissions? Yes, yeah, I'm let's excited do it. to see what we <clears throat> have here. Mm, sure, yeah. right, well, I've got one here okay. from Pat Buckler. Pat Buckler, not Pat Butcher, no, Pat Buckler. Pat, yeah, I nearly said Pat Butcher, Butcher then. Um, they said, so how about a prequel with really obvious foreshadowing? So like Matt Cain, professional footballer, obviously. Oh, yes. Before the war. Everyone around him compares football to war, and he, plays a, and he plays a really brutal football match against the German national team. It's basically just that. It's like, before the war... But kind of the same thing. So it's like war games. Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. And then and I, 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 you could have the the shadows, the undertones, like in the background, like, like news articles and papers as the people are reading as they go past and things they hear on the radio about the events that eventually lead to war. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, maybe it could be played, like obviously on the back of the 36 Olympics as well. 
was mm-hmm. that that was in Munich the famous one oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so ooh yeah the, mm-hmm. I like that something there yeah, yeah and, and also you could almost do it so that you didn't even it was almost standalone you wouldn't even realise it was Escape to Victory but almost like it's like a stealth you know, sequel almost like Rogue One was the prequel to A New Hope mm. this yeah mm. I like that that sort of thing just yeah I think actually a Rogue One style prequel would be quite good for this yeah again as long as it's super silly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't work otherwise yeah. that's all I've got okay is that the only one that's on your list yeah. okay cool I have some as well uh, okay so Spencer Cop said obligatory escape to victory escape number two um, I like that oh yeah. very good I, 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 oh, ne- I never think of these in advance oh, they're so obvious sometimes it is It is. but I'm just going <laughs> to point out from, from experience if people are using like voice enabled televisions it's going to be difficult great yeah. problems they're that's going to cause yeah. many issues yeah, yeah. good point Alexa will not find that film. Um, <laughs> uh, Dennis Fanning said, Race to Victory. It's a cannonball run-style movie about a wacky car race to which mountain? So I guess that's the idea of putting Michael Caine and Stallone and a bunch of footballers. And also means we can get The Rock in it again. Exactly, yeah. Just yeah. get them all behind the wheels. Instead, instead of football, it's like, maybe it's, 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 it's like, yeah, cross-country racing. Okay, this is one I'm... I like, this might be my favourite. Brian Markowski said, Escape 2, Sumo. <laughs> POWs, POWs. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Take my money. Yeah. POWs in Asia compete against their Japanese prison guards in a sumo wrestling tournament while they secretly plan their escape. However, things things go awry when they become too large to squeeze through the tunnels they'd already dug. Oh dear. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that that, that is. Uh, yeah. Wow. Good stuff. And finally, Dave McCormick said, "This time we beat the Nazis at rugby." Which yes. Yeah, that, well, that makes sense. I think sense. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, makes, and, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and, and uh, but perhaps this can give Stallone the opportunity to have that moment of glory with, uh, with, a, with a tackle as well. But then it worries me that that's setting it up for almost like the beginning of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Ooh, yes. Where you can, you can go, best out of five, oh. best out of seven. Oh. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, but, then, but then that's the world that we live in now, the world of the franchise. Well, exactly. Yeah, and so maybe it could be like the same... Prisoners are forced to play in this endless, you know, Nazi propaganda machine, all these different games. Mm. And then you get to like part 14, curling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just cycle through all the, all the, all the Olympic sports. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And then you could, what you could do is as all the actors get older, you could use less strenuous sports. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, so you get like, by the time you get to like the equivalent of the Marvel film twenty eight, yeah. it's crown green balls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then darts. Mm. Well, yeah. there is a, a throwaway line in this film when one of the like British planners of the escapes who just says, "Well, the latest plan they have is to pole vault over the walls." And yeah. So yeah, just all the Olympic sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works. Love it. I mean, that's a movie in itself. Just the po- attempts to pole vault. Out of pole vault to victory. Pole yeah. vault to victory. Yeah. Okay, so thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by posting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. You can also leave us a five-star review, which is a great way to help us out and show some appreciation and help us to reach more listeners. So please do consider, if you enjoyed this show, just leave us a quick review. It takes five minutes. Uh, we're also available five on minutes? five seconds if it takes one minute yeah I think it's worth worth taking five so, minutes I mean take the five minutes it. craft something yeah. but you don't like, have to, yeah. it's like anything in life if you're going to do it like do it be proper. present yeah. take a moment take a breath we'll take a half-assed job though <laughs> <laughs> if it's 
it's five stars. If it's five stars, yeah. Just, yeah, okay. yeah, just a thumbs up emoji. Five stars, that'll yeah, do. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would raise us more than five stars if they could. So you can find links to that and everything else at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, are we back to you with a free pick? Yeah, next week back to me. Okay. Um, and next week, because it is the Friday before the Oscars, happening that Sunday. Sure. Yeah. I thought we'd do our Oscar film of the year. Oh, basically. we're making that just a regular episode. Yeah, well, we've done it the past two years, two years running. So okay, sure. let's make it an actual tradition. Okay. Pick a film from the from the best picture. Oh, you're going to make us watch it. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. Cool. Carry on. So, what are you going to make us watch? So, I've got two options here. Okay. Um, you can either pick uh, whichever film it was that actually won. Best, best picture last year or you can pick whatever film was your favourite film of oh, last you, year oh you've thrown it back to me oh okay. so my favourite film that was nominated for best picture or my favourite film of 2019 best picture the, the best my favourite your, okay. your, your, your favourite best picture of last year what, what do you think your favourite best okay, picture okay I'm going to have to look up the list okay bear with oh wait no I don't need to look up the list it was the favourite <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you were feeding it to you, weren't you? Yeah. yeah okay yeah let's yeah. do the favourite I mean it's still your choice if you want to do Green Book as well Nah, no, let's do the favourite. Okay, the favourite. Yeah, I, yeah. I, sorry, I, I really missed all those little breadcrumbs that were thrown at me then, sorry. It's a long episode. <laughs> On the edit, what you should do with this is have a little bell that goes off every time you drop favourite and just see yeah, how many yeah, 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 sure, How sure. long it takes me to pick up on that. Sure. Okay. What was your favourite, favourite film of last year? Okay. Great, so we're going to do the favourite. Yeah. Good call, looking forward to it. Yeah, next week, the favourite. Yeah, because oh, last this time last year, was it when we did Shape of Water? Yes, and the year before that, La La Land. Brilliant. Okay, I like this tradition. Yeah. I have to say this so is it's my... not always the winner. It's it's the favourite. I have to say this is my favourite podcast I've ever been on. Excellent. <laughs> oh, oh, how sweet. Thank you. Cool. So yeah, I guess uh, well, thank you, Ant, for uh, for joining us. For, Thanks very much. Uh, yeah. Do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you? Uh, your, your your multiple plugs, just quickly. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, at Ant McGinley on all social media, but check out Pods Up North, mm-hmm. and we're we're going to be launching a, a new podcast about all the podcasts that we get involved in that so if you're a, a podcast maker a, a keen podcast listener that'll be one for you so look out for that I'm sure um, Lucas Aid and Hazard will uh, which is a great name for a, a duo of superheroes they'll share that when, when that's out Absolutely. and we'll, we'll probably get you on return the favour get you on for an episode yeah. but yeah uh, November Manchester Pods Up North uh 20th 21st of November it's a Friday and a Saturday um, if you can come to one day great if you can come to both brilliant and there'll be cool stuff happening in the evenings as well yeah mm-hmm. and uh, yeah if you are UK based and you would like to meet us then we'll almost well we will certainly be there so yeah that's another incentive to sign up to Pods Up North yeah totally we'll see us there yeah we'd like to meet you yeah so thank you really for listening thank, thank you Ant yeah. thanks Ant for coming on yeah yeah and just just once again that he didn't escape and they didn't win <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And yeah, thank you listeners for listening and we will see you next, next week, week for The Favourite. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. All right. Oh, that's my favourite. <laughs> Great. Bye. 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 Friggin' soccer game.